my fellow from Low Sovereign Thinkers. Thank you for tuning to LO3 Podcast. My name is Craig, transmitting from the beautiful realm of the planet Earth. Today's date is Sunday, June 12th, 2022. And this is episode, excuse me here, I believe it is 1534. The five stages of totalitarianism and Biden throws Zelensky under the bus. <laughs> Interesting stuff here, right? All right, before I proceed, you can find me on multiple social media sites and podcast channels. Just type in Loki Luck number three, Loki Luck Roman number three, which represents three eyes, or the Loki Luck Roman number three podcast. Furthermore, if you want to contact me or give me some recommendations or information, you could, you could reach me at Loki Luck numbers zero three at protonmail.com. If you want to donate, Go to paypal.me or cash.app forward slash Loki Luck number three. Ooh, man. Yeah, I've been, um, so far I've been reading this book called Reloaded, Shooting Back Again by Charles Van Wick. And um, I recommend people start checking out his work. Charles Van Wick, I guess Charles Van Wick's dot info, which is a uh, C-H-A-R-L-V-A-N-W-Y-K dot info. You can probably get this book at Amazon. You know, and they do, uh, like I said, it has its pros and cons. And um, I had a good deal on it, so I bought two. I bought one for a good friend of mine. Hopefully she's reading it and sharing with others. Yes, and um, it has some great information on in this book. And I've always been very pleased. And him and I were Facebook pen pals, but it looks like he, I don't know if he got booted out, which is a shame. And um, it's just one of those things, you know, tech, technocracy at its finest. Censor, censor, censor. And of course, all the other garbage too. They, they want to say misinformation, just like this other douchebag, mainstream, high tech Companies are trying to tell you what you can say and what you can't. I know my YouTube channel has been um, being I'm being harassed, saying I'm leading misinformation. You want me to peel it and all that? Give me a one strike. You know what? Here's the thing: they need me more. I need them. And more people realize that they're done. So, um, of course, and the person who's running is not more than a globalist hack representing the World Economic Forum. Another, I call her New World Order Angel Mama. And I'm not afraid to say it. Even in front of her or her husband, she has one. <laughs> oh, man. But um, just some interesting things, of course. I'm just like going through censor.news and all that. But once again, I'm just browsing through. And this one here is pretty cool. Natural news talk about healthy young people now dying in en masse across Australia. The corporate media still won't dare mention the jab, right? And just like the Ministry of Truth, Big Tech is seizing control over history, rewriting it to suit current regime. All hail the Big Brother, 1984. This is what Breitbart has to say. Joe Biden, Senate bipartisan a gun control agreement. Not enough, but let's get it done. We read it from a cue card. <laughs> Remember. Yes, sirree. I am the white privileged New World Order butt boy, Joe Biden. Not my president. Of course, you got the, um, I call her the, the blasphemous version of Aunt Esther lookalike from Sanford and Son. Okay, but, and, and, and the person who placed Esther was awesome. I always loved her work. But Maxine Waters, pff, 
No way in hell. Throw her ass in prison, as far as I'm concerned. House will quickly pass Senate's bipartisan gill on guns, supporting Jim Crow class status. Remember, liberty, liberty for me, but none for thee. Right? And of course, Joe Biden mocks donors, you're a danger to yourself. Well, <laughs> he's actually, he's the one who's using projective rhetoric because he's entrenching on his own because he don't know what the hell he's doing. And even members of his family are getting caught with their pants down, right? Something to think about there, Joseph. Okay, so I'm just going to, that's, that's from there. And of course, 16 shot Friday into Sun Saturday night in Mayor's Lightfoot, Chicago. But of course, the mainstream news don't want to talk about it because they don't count. And remember, the Chicago gun laws there is illegal under the Illinois state constitution. So it's void and without force. And who cares what um, Beetlejuice has to say, right? That, that's blasphemy. Beetlejuice was humorous, as far as I'm concerned. And, uh, of course, here, exclusive Washington whistleblowers detail how illegal alien smugglers use California sanctuary state policy. Of course. And we got here from InfoWars, AOC refuses to endorse Joe Biden for a 2024 election. Well, with all due respect, she's right. But remember, she's still suck at her job. <laughs> oh, yeah, I'll play that with the white people. What happened? Please. Another Jim Crow from, from the Bronx. Woo! But it's funny she refused to endorse Joe Biden. I don't blame her on that. Don't worry. Remember that, I remember that time when the squad voted against the... Um, Military Appropriations Act, which has that red flag, the uh, red flag um, clause on it. So I told all the gun owners, each thank the squad for voting no. Here's why. And they're like, what? Like, oh, yeah. Doesn't mean we're going to be friends, but thank her. Thank them and her as well. All right. Police um, stage mass arrest of white ringers protesting LGBTQIA pride event in Idaho. Ho, 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 ho. Who the hell is running in Idaho, man? Who, I, I, I'm real curious about that. Other people in Idaho are pissed off, you know what I'm saying? They, got their, they have the right to free speech in their own state constitution. Okay, the expose, Denmark, a Twitter user says, men cannot be lesbians, so think Pope opens an investigation. <laughs> what, will you, what will your forefathers have to say about that? You know, the oldness, the Viking heritage now is all plummeting. Who's contaminating that place, right? Yes, and of course, 10 most dystopian things be pushed World Economic Forum. Number three, pills that contain microchips. Look up the expose and support them, please. I'm going to go down here. Uh, Bieber, fe Bieber fever, right? 28-year-old pop star canceled North America tour after being diagnosed with a known and documented. There's a claim he's uh, got cerebral palsy due to the jab. So, um... Says here on the shtfplan.com, U.S. rulers buy more moxypox vaccines as cases double. My goodness. Okay, it was a WND reported analysis documents no abortion right in early America. Look that up. And of course, here on Western Journal, Starbucks considered radical change to restroom over safety concerns. Huh? So how many how many times they got sued? <laughs> right? Oh yeah, man. Um, major USC plans to spy on citizens, draw fierce opposition. That's good. 
That's from the WND. And it's from Liberty Headlines. Matt Walsh, conservatives are like guerrilla fighters in a hostile environment. And got and his one here, Ghana born US Patriots, American Dream still very much alive. That's good. Remember too, Ghana, they were one of the um, areas that did a lot of slave trades too. During 1619 and all that good stuff. So um, of course the 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 paper activist groups don't want you to know that, right? And of course, gas surpasses five dollars a gallon as nationally as summer travel season heats up. Thank you to neo mercantilism and the Federal Reserve. Yay! God bless the banksters and the mercantile fool himself. Remember, Joe Biden's just a puppet, a bellboy to the global establishment. He's not the author, but the contributor. And I say that in good faith, but he's always been a consistent uh, screw up anyway. All you got to do is look at his track record as a legislative servant and, of course, executive orders. And all the, all the crappy um, bills he signed, which are considered illegal contracts. You don't need to be a Republican to figure that one out, right? All right. Well, there's a claim here. According to Epoch Times, Russia says it destroys depot with Western weapons in Ukraine. And um, this is what conservative Tribune has to say. Police Department has already spent... Entirety of fuel budget residents given frightening news. Well, I heard, I heard I was in the state of Michigan, and I'll tell you this. Legally, the police are not obligated on a particular individual. Just look up sovereign immunity and tort liability and tell all about it, and, and even by the states, too. So um, just to give you guys a heads up, and you got all those crackpots out there, a la March for Our Lies, I call it the American edition of for the children of Khmer Rouge and David Hogg is Pol Pot II. Because they think alike and smell the same and they use children to get their way. As a damn fact. Just look at the pattern, study history, you un- then you understand where I'm coming from. Don't be a bunch of those mainstream garbage hacks that watch the damn tube and go, Okay, master, I'll do what you say, boss. You're right, boss. Don't be a house or a field peasant to them, okay? Don't be a slave boy. Yeah, so it's just very, um, I get you know, Like I said, it's just one of those things. You got to always look at the bigger picture. And, of course, group of uh, senators, including 10 Republicans, announced a breakthrough on gun control deal. Nolan Void. Of course, I've seen that one about the... Talking about that one there. Ontario drops mask mandates. Some hospitals choose to keep them from LifeSite News. Of course, humans are free. Okay, that's the Bilderberg thing. Here's from the Big League Politics. Venezuelan strongman Nicolas Maduro declares that the U.S.'s military dominance is over. So a big claim on that. Well, you know what I say. Hey... I support a constitutional republic, not an empire. And uh, Maduro, right now, to me, he's just another stooge, as far as I'm concerned. And uh, it's funny, it's like if you look in the background on this, on the the photo of the big league politics, you know, there was one time there was a flag. Uh, if you, there's a flag on there that has the yellow ridges. Okay, that that actually represents maritime law. So 
uh, uh, the Iran is the Iran exercised in the law of the sea, just like every other nation, just like ally United States. Do we say potentially all the world's a stage? Question those things, folks. Yeah, and um, Anthony Sabatini calls on every Republican to denounce the World Economic Forum. Like him or not, he's right. I'll give him props too. And um, yeah, we're going to be talking about a few things here. Okay, uh, yeah. The great Indian religion debate. That's the great game, India. That's a good site. Check it out. And of course, Just News, some Senate negotiators reached deal. Um, Mother's gun, gun legislation in the aftermath of Uvalde school shooting. Void and without force. So that's how I look at So screw your compromises and shove it up your anus, okay? That's how I see it. All these dimwits. Well, was it Rick, is Rick Scott involved in this? Let me just look this up here on Just News. Yeah, I'm on my little tablet on the side, and um, yeah, yeah, buyers under 21 gives money to states for red flag laws. Yep, more. So it's more BS as usual. Trees and scumbags. I'm just wondering if Flip Flop Rick Scott's involved in this. Because remember, as governor, he did sign the language on there on the majority um, storm and safety about red flags are good and over 21 to, to purchase rifles and three-day waiting period, which it is illegal under the Florida Constitution, Article 12 to be exact, because it has to be a constitutional amendment, period. Fact is this, they did it before in 1988 on voting for the three-day waiting period on gun law, on three-day waiting period on fire, on guns, and uh, in, in 1998 was the local options. Okay, so um, and I'll be honest, I voted no on both of them. It's a, now look what happened, right? It doesn't work. It's only a band-aid or effing wet dream. These people are pathetic. These people are pathetic. Excuse my language. Excuse me. I just don't like being insulted. All right? I don't because it's, they're using the same old recycled pus trying to sell you something. They want you to be enslaved by living in fear. Patrick Henry warned us about this too. Think about that. So don't jump on this pathetic bandwagon with all, maybe all these bunch of yahoos trying to tell you any different. What their stupid synthetic marches saying this is what democracy looks like. It tells you how uninformed they are. Okay, we follow the herd. Moo, we're cool. Moo. Please. So um, that's my intake on that. I know I've digressed. I apologize. I had to do this little rant now and then. So, um, survivors of communism warn Canadians not to comply. Take back your freedoms. That's exclusive. I may just do that. I'm going to add that to my memo. Okay, so um, I'm going to add it to my memo right now. I'll be adding a third. I'll be adding another thing on here. So um, it's all good. But without further ado, let's just start off with the five stages of totalitarianism by Walker Larson. It came out yesterday. As it reads here, fears of a growing totalitarian tendency in the U.S. have swelled by 2020 to 2022. But how close are we really to a totalitarian state? Have, how, have such regimes come about historically, and what were are the warning signs? This article answers three que these questions by examining totalitarian regimes in the, eight, in the 18th, and 20th centuries and the pattern by which they came to power. One, 
discontent and rumblings. Every new order rises on the ruins of the old. Those who would establish a new regime must tap into a generate dissatisfaction with the status quo. However, much those desiring a reset and may despise the old order. They can't accomplish much without harnessing or fabricating a similar attitude in the public. Then a revolutionary totalitarian appears as a solution to these problems. The right of terror in revolutionary France, for example, didn't begin with blood but with bread. Between 1715 and 1800, the population of Europe doubled, creating food shortages among the French people. Many of the French people represent the king's growing centralized authority. In addition, the ideas of the Enlightenment thinkers were stirring up revolution feeling. Finally, the French government was massively in debt due to the many wars of the 18th century and its increased taxation even on nobles. Sounds familiar, right? If the if was these sufferings and fears combined with machine nations of the secret societies admitted by Mark. Marque, Mar yeah, Marque de Ros Rosanbo of the, at the Chamber of Deputies session of July 1st, 1904, that led the revolution, to the revolution in the totalitarian Jacobin government. Reign of Terror came after the fall of the king and the ancient regime, which revolutionaries accomplished in part because of the problems and suffering in French society pre-revolution. The Bolshevik Revolution in Russia in 1917, which established a totalitarian regime so bloody, bloody that it would make the, the reign of terror look like a mere red drop in a guillotine bucket, followed a similar blueprint. The Bolshevik communists exploited the sufferings of the Russian people for revolutionary purposes. What were these sufferings? The Russian people had lost faith in Tsar Nicholas II and his government. Russia controlled restless ethnic minorities and poorly equipped and led Russian armies were losing against the Germans in World War I. Russia's failures in the war led to demoralization and disrupted the economy. In, in January 1917, transportation to cities like Petrograd broke down and this caused food and fuel shortages and eventually riots. Not long after the rise of the Bolshevism in Russia, Adolf Hitler became involved with the Nazi party during the Weimar Republic. Struggling post-war Germany bubbled with discontent. The Treaty of um, Versailles had been harsh. Germany was expected to accept full responsibility for the war, pay massive indemnities to the Allies, surrender large amounts of territory, possess no military worth speaking of, and be monitored by Allied troops. In the years of following the war and the treaty, the Germany, German economy suffered mightily, including through hyperinflation. When Germany defaulted on some of its payments, French and Belgian troops occupied Germany's richest industrial region, the rural district, which only made Germany poorer and the people angrier. Can we say the ramifications of cause and effect? Absolutely. And just to let you folks know, they had a central banking system in Germany during that time. Around 1922, they started putting money out of thin air. If you don't learn from the past, folks, we're damn to repeat it, right? Step two, the false savior in the first revolution. After identifying and appealing to the people's discontent, the totalitarian presents himself as a savior. In stage two, the revolutionary totalitarian enacts a dramatic change to solve the problem and discontent of the stage 
of stage one. To find a solution for his debt crisis, the French government called the estate's General Assembly to advise the king on what to do. The third estate quickly claimed full governmental authority as the National Assembly. The National Assembly wanted to draw up a new constitution that would change the nature of the government to deal with injustices. After storming of the Bastilles, peasants in rural areas revolt against their lords. The National Assembly declared feudalism, abolished and introduced the Declaration of Rights of Man and of the Citizen, while the execution of Louis the 16th, on January 21st, 1793, the first stage of the revolution was all over. The regicide left a massive power vacuum. Various groups struggled to fill this hole, but in the end, the Jacobins, the radicals, dominated the new revolutionary government. In the Russian Revolution, Bolshe the Bolsheviks took advantage of the food rights that began early in 1917. When the military began siding with the riding workers, Rather than restoring law and order, Tsar Nicholas knew it all it was lost. They abdicated on March 2nd, 1917, and was later shot. The Bolshevik-run Petrograd Soviet quickly took control of the post-Tsarist Russia. Their slogan, Peace, Land, and Bread, attracted many frightened and angry people to them as to a savior. On November 6th and 7th, they staged a coup that finally overturned the provisional government. The, internet, the initial rise of Nazism in Germany was less bloody, but similarly based on Masonic promises, capitalizing on the resentment in Germany due to the uh, Versailles Treaty and global economic downturn in 1929, the Nazi party grew in size and influence. The Nazis have attempted a violent coup in November 1923, but had failed, and they turned to legal means of gaining control of the government. Due to Hitler's skill with propaganda, the Nazi party won more and more of the vote by the early 1930s. Eventually, it was the second biggest political party in the country. At this point, Hitler was demanded that Paul President von Hindenburg appoint him chancellor. When Vandenberg agreed to it in 1933, this was a nonviolent revolution, but the failed 1923 attempt shows the party's violent tendencies. Stage three, censorship, persecution, propaganda, and the ending opposition. In stage three, the initial upheaval of the stage two has passed. The old order had been fundamentally changed and now various forces began to react, begin to react. The rising totalitarian government faces many enemies, often dubbed counter-revolutionaries or extremists. Here in its fancy, the new order must struggle to gain more power and maintain that which has been acquired. For this reason, it sets about combating its enemies through censorship and persecution. As soon as they have gained sway over their countries, the first move of the totalitarians like Hitler and Vladimir Lenin was to censor opposition and put out propaganda. Each of these totalitarian leaders also gained control of education and had secret police forces to monitor and even kill anyone designated as an enemy. Another strategy was to establish youth organizations to indoctrinate citizens in the state's propaganda from an early age and tear their, tear their excuse me, loyalties away from family or religion. 
Religion was almost universally persecuted once these regimes came to power. Finally, Hitler and Lenin outlawed either de jure or de facto all political parties and views beside their own after coming to power. Totalitarians create a one-party system that often maintains a facade of democracy. Four, the crisis. Stage four prepares the way for the totalitarian government to grasp total control over those under its rule. It consists of a crisis moment, which may be either a real threat or false flag that seems to threaten a nation. In 1793, French Revolution was a crisis point. Defenders of the old order rose up on all sides to crush the new order. Austrian and Prussian armies encircled France, while the Vendine peasants revolted against the revolutionary government and army. And so, in the name of public safety, the government decided to take a harsh measures, harsh measures against all enemies of the revolution. And so, of course, they needed more control. This was the task of the Committee of Public Safety, and it suffered some from no scruple in its methods. On August 3rd, 1918, Lyndon was shot after giving a speech at a factory. While recovering in the hospital, he wrote to a subordinate, it is necessary secretly and urgently to prepare the terror. This initiated a campaign of mass killings and detentions by the government, known to the history as the Red Terror. As always, the justification for these acts was the emergency indicated by the attempted assassination. The radicals and counter-revolutionaries were allegedly at the gate, and it was necessary to use extreme measures to deal with the imminent threat. So the rhetoric went, and so it always goes. Hitler also used a state of emergency to justify his clampdown. On February 27, 1933, the Reichstag went up in flames. In response, Hermann Göring, Minister of the Interior, ordered a raid on the Communist headquarters, on Communist headquarters allegedly for evidence of sedition and the Communist plot to attack public buildings. This is Hitler's mind was signaling for seizing complete control. On February 28th, the cabinet abolished freedom of speech, assembly, privacy, and the press. Around 4,000 people were arrested that night. This crisis, with the usual language about safety and countering threats, ushered in totalitarianism in Germany. Remember, communism and Nazism are the same crap, different package. They think alike and smell the same. That's why it's funny when I see Antifa and Nazis go at, go at each other. It's like Huey and Dewey. Okay, something to think about. Like they say, we want our way. We want the government to take care of in our terms and vice versa. Prove me wrong, please. I would love to hear from you quacks out there, all right? Stage five, purges, genocide, and total control. Under the crisis of stage four, as an excuse, the totalitarian government now seizes absolute control over the lives of its citizens. The regime overcomes the enemies of stages three and four. It begins brutally enforcing this utopia and ideology on the populace. This stage also sees the greatest atrocities committed against the populace because resistance to the totalitarian regime has been crushed. The people are defenseless and demoralized. Nothing stands between the regime and its victims. The stage involves mass killing as the regime liquidates any remaining enemies. While seeking, ooh, sorry about that, while seeking to control every detail of its citizens. 
During the later stage of the French Revolution, the Committee of Public Safety received electoral powers to defeat anyone who opposed the revolutionary government. During the 1793-94, the CPS eliminated rival revolutionary groups before passing a law that suspended citizens' rights to a public trial or legal assistance and gave the jury only two options, acquittal or death. The results were horrifying throughout France. 300,000 suspects were arrested, 17,000 were executed, and 10,000 died in prison or without trial. Can we say mob justice? That's what they're trying to pull, pull, pull on us for like at least since the Patriot Act. Okay? And the factions, no matter what side, indulge on this. Okay? Just contemplate that deeply. Let it sink in. Okay, I support due process, right to a fair trial, innocent until proven guilty, nothing else. If you don't like it, you're the enemy. Look in the mirror. You're the one who's insecure. You're the one who is a governmental peasant. Hand me respect. That's how I see folks like that. And I lost, you know what, I lost some so-called friends over this. Especially since COVID. So think about that, okay? And it's a, and it's a confounded truth. But it was nothing compared to the Red Terror and Joseph Stotland's purges. The party used the attempted assassination of Lenin as justification for intense persecution of its enemies. Tens of thousands of people became victims, as discussed in Richard Pipes' The Russian Revolution, but Lenin's hard handiwork was only a precursor to Stotland's purges of political enemies. Historians are divided on, how, on just how many people Stotland killed, but estimates reach as high as 60 million. Estimates of people killed by Hitler and his Nazi party vary as well. According to the United States Holocaust uh, Memorial Museum, this uh, figure stands at 17 million, but, not, but only God knows for certain. And what I got, too, according to um, a book I read called Death by Government by R.J. Rummel, they said about close to... Uh, 20 and a half million, like 20.46 million. That's an estimate, but it could be more, it could be less. So um, just to give you guys a heads up. And just to let you folks know, the Eastern Eastern Bloc nations, a lot of Slavs were, or, or, were, um, were murdered more than the Jews. And I'm not, and it doesn't matter what group it is, this whole, the whole thing I condemn it with a passion. Gen- genocide or democide, I hate, I really call it out, okay? So... Just to let you folks know. In addition to carrying out mass killings, established totalitarian regimes to seek control everyday life through measures like censorship, propaganda, gun control, and internal passports. COVID passes, national ID cards. Think about that, folks. Now you see the hype going on with red flag laws on a federal level. Yeah, scumbag flip-flop Rick Scott. He's responsible for what's going on. He's partially responsible for signing that bill into law for what's going on in Florida. And all you folks down there, even in those counties like Broward, Polk County, you're a bunch of pieces of garbage too on supporting it. You're nothing more than oath breakers, oath breaking tyrants, treasonous quacks. You, you emulate the ones you despise. I'd like to love to hear from you guys your defense on this matter. The United States in 2022. So the, so is the United States headed for totalitarianism? 
Here we move from facts to speculation, a risky business. The answer is not straightforward, but we are careful to avoid exaggeration. Some useful comparisons can be made. Have any forces in the U.S. taken advantage of real or imagined problems in the country to stir up discontent and even violence? The death of George Floyd and associated claims of systemic racism in 2020 gave rise to violent and destructive riots. Fortunately, this has calmed down, but like in pre-Soviet Russia, ongoing tensions surrounding racial minorities continue to threaten more social unrest. The unrest could intensify predictions of food shortages and increased inflation come true in the coming months and years. <coughs> when you look at everything that's going on right now, of the, of the supply chain, okay? The, and I, like even when I go to the supermarket, I see some things are empty shelves. So yeah, there, there's a merit to it. Has any figure or group presented themselves as a savior with a solution to our problems, a solution that will require the curtailment of individual rights? Are the freedom of assembly, freedom of speech, due process of religious rights under attack? The COVID pandemic was used by governments around the world to justify vast restrictions on personal freedom, including limitations on freedom of assembly, the closing of religious centers, and censorship on information and our viewpoints that oppose the official COVID narrative and dictates. Many of these public officials present themselves as experts, which they really suck at their job, whose forceful policies were necessary for public safety. The entities such as the World Economic Forum and many global leaders continue to discuss the need for a re great reset. In part, as a response to the threat of COVID, this reset includes everything from redesigning health systems and education for the implementation of vaccine passports. This is presented to us as our salvation from COVID and other dangers, including racism. Ooh. Are we experiencing any censorship in the U.S.? Are our media sources independent and objective or coerced and controlled? As the recent Musk Twitter debacle has highlighted, big tech bears responsibility for censoring certain information and views with increasing regularity in recent years and particularly conservative voices. Does the U.S. live under a one-party system? As far as we can tell, the answer to this question is no. However, the claims of election fraud abounding since the 2020 elections are true and the fraud remains unremedied. We effectively live in a one-party system since one party can maintain power indefinitely through illegal means, but that is a substantial if. Are we witnessing mass arrests or mass killings? We clearly have not progressed into the stage five type mass arrests and killings at this time. Although the data and on adverse reactions around the COVID vaccine is concerning, still that data, even if accurate, does not definitely show that the premeditation or totalitarian regime is the culprit behind these injuries and deaths. Yet the possibility, I think, should not be ruled out entirely. Our final point must be made through troubling similarities exist between the trajectory of the U.S. and the historical example of totalitarianism outlined above. We must avoid both the extremes of the alarmist fatalism and the starry-eyed state of denial. On, the, on one, the one hand, the events of the past few years in our country are grim. On the other, history does not work like a machine as many factors are at play here. I do not claim to know the future. And I don't believe 
historical determination. In the end, okay, in the end, sorry about that, whether the United States is headed for totalitarianism or not is largely up to us and whether or not we resist these trends. Absolutely. And Mr. Uh, Larson is on target. You gotta always see things in a broader picture, folks. This is the road to tyranny and has accelerated in a new millennium. Like I say, at least 9-11. The Patriot Act, taking off our shoes, going through the body scanners, getting patted down like little prisoners. And of course, you got people from the right believing that too. They attacked them because of our freedoms. Smack them in the mouth, punch them in the mouth. Symbolically speaking, because they're lying to you. And the left do the same thing. You got a lot of people from all sides are anti-liberty. They don't want to admit it. They don't want self-determination. They want us to be numbers, whores, prostitutes for them. Or other words, bossed to society. I don't care what you look like, where you come from, if you have multiple problems or not. We all got fantastic gifts and can better ourselves. And the rate things are going, I'm expecting an economic collapse. But it doesn't mean we could all die. It doesn't mean that the United States is done. It can be revamped, restructured, reorganized. Start from the ground up, not the top down. That's what gets me. Centralization hurts our liberties. Tyranny does the same. Doesn't matter where you're at. And this is why... Jefferson said it the best. Um, preserving liberty, protecting liberty is, wait, eternal vigilance is the key to liberty. Maybe I'm, I'm just paraphrasing. I'm sorry about that. We have, we have a job. Each and every one of us here has a duty. We have to have a new guard of government. So be it. Can be done. Don't say you can't because it means you won't. It doesn't mean we have to go and um, have a bloody war. Okay? We've got, we got the information on our side. Exercise it. Implement it. Call these vultures out. I love doing it. I called up my con so-called congressman and let him know how I felt. And I wish I'd rather hear from... I'd rather give it to him directly. Than to his uh, subordinate. That's how I look at things. Never trust the government. It's in our Declaration of Independence. I don't hear any more excuses about we need give up our freedom for security. We gotta be vigilant. That's just the key, folks. I'm not saying it's easy. Never. We all have our pros and cons, but it doesn't mean. We could all be, we could all perish. So um, that'll be it on this segment, and I'll be right back. So stay tuned. All right, now I'm back. Yes, it's a long segment. Sorry about that, folks. But it's, so, uh, it's an article that needs to be addressed. So um, that's how I have to look at these things and like I said before, the past is today's greatest teacher. 
So implement it well. All right, this one here came from ZeroHedge.com, came out today. Biden throws Zelensky under the bus. Ukraine leader brushed off invasion warnings. That's what Tyler Durden has, has to say. President Joe Biden on Friday told a donors conference in Los Angeles, California, on the sidelines of the Summit of, Amer of the Americas that Ukrainian President Vladimir Zelensky brushed aside U.S. warnings saying Russian invasion of Ukraine was intimate. Describe the situation ahead of the 20, February 24th invasion and his communications with Zelensky, according to the Associated Press. That's what it says here. Nothing like this happened since World War II. I know a lot of people thought I was maybe exaggerating, Biden said. According to the outlet, he added the U.S. had data that showed Russian President Vladimir Putin was going to invade. There was no doubt. Biden continued, and Zelensky, Zelensky didn't want to hear it. And his latest remarks by um, Biden admitted that the possibility of Putin launching a full-scale invasion may have seemed far-fetched at the time, acknowledging, I understand why they didn't want to hear it. Top Ukrainian officials in the days and weeks prior to the invasion had pushed back against Washington, blaming the repeating warnings from U.S. intelligence agency for sowing panic. Sowing panic. At the time, Zelensky had personally told Biden to calm down the messaging on the invasion fears. Rarely does U.S. intelligence take its classified as, uh, assessments public in order to prevent, emptively warn the action it predicts will occur. This highly unusual public stance also fueled widespread skepticism on the constant invasion warnings from the administration, even among longtime Russia experts and observers. It has since been revealed in a recent testimony by the by U.S. Director of National Intelligence Avril Haines that Biden had taken the rare steps of declassifying intelligence relating to the prepared invasion in order to convince skeptical allies that was likely going to happen. Down to the last days before the invasion, there was hope among many Western officials of an off-ramp that might quickly de-escalate the situation amid the Russians and Belarusian, oh wait, Belarusian troop buildup along Ukraine's eastern and northern borders. Indeed, this off-ramp might have come in the form of Ukraine and its backers pledging that the ex-Soviet state would never join NATO. Many weeks after the invasion, Zelensky revealed in damning statements issued during the interview with CNN's Fareed Zakaria, Zachary, yeah, Zachary, Zacharia, right? Yeah, he's a CFR member, by the way. That all during the Russian troop buildup crisis, NATO leadership was pushing him to hold a firm public line that Ukraine is seeking NATO membership. However, Zelensky confessed that he was assured in private that NATO membership for Ukraine was in reality never going to happen. Below the transcript is part of that March 20th interview. It says here, but anyone in the West told me that we do not have any chance of NATO or EU membership. I asked him not to drive the Ukrainian people into a corner because our people are brave and the West should be also be brave in telling directly to the Ukrainian people that, well, you're not going to be NATO or EU member. They don't have a consolidated position and I requested that personally. I request them personally to say directly that we are going to accept you into NATO in a year or two or five. Just say directly and clearly or just say no. And the response was very clear. You're not going to be a NATO or EU member, but publicly the doors will remain open. 
I asked them about preemptive sanctions. I talked about Nord Stream 2. We were discussing all of it. And simultaneously, we were strengthening our army because with neighbors like this, like we have, this is the only way out. Zelensky had followed with, we are paying with our people. He added, describing the situation as somewhat of a betrayal. So my rhetoric is absolutely true. And I'm just, I'm not mentioning explicit, explicitly what country said that Ukraine is not going to be a NATO member. I think this is a very righteous position. It has to remain behind the scenes, but that is true. Thus, Washington can't exactly pretend it was long, all along taking the moral high ground while Biden is now throwing Zelensky under the bus. Essentially, the um, administration pushed Kyiv to stand up to Russia while publicly making empty promises that insiders knew would not be fulfilled. And still, the U.S. and U.K. in particular are pushing a no-compromise approach that will only assure a protracted conflict and tragically more death. Or Professor John Mearsheimer put it in a new famous 2015 address at the University of Chicago. The West is leading Ukraine down the Primrose path. Yeah, Primrose, yeah, Primrose path. And the end result is that Ukraine is going to get wrecked. The timing of Biden's Friday comments describing Zelensky are essentially brushing off warnings were also notable given they come as their increasing widespread acknowledgement for the first time that Ukraine, Ukraine is losing in the Donbass. Hmm. But send $40 billion of aid and plus more of weapons to Ukraine. So, what the hell is going on? Wow, just um, really head scratcher for me too. So I just, as far as I'm concerned, throw Zelensky and Putin in the pit. Barbed wired, let them duke it out themselves. Let's see how tough, who the toughest guy on the block is in that particular region. Like I told people in the past, the United States should stay out of it, period. No exceptions. The history of Ukraine, 1,300 years of it. It was a co-wife exam. It was nothing more than a roller coaster ride, geopolitically speaking. And I've got to say this. The people in those areas are hurting. And the citizens from both countries are getting shafted. I know people who um, denounced their Russian citizenship. They asked for asylum with this invasion. There's tons of people in Moscow were protesting against it. Of course, they got clobbered and arrested by the police. And even people in, in the or Russians in, in that region of Donbass, they're getting, they got screwed by the, the Nazis, you call them. It's just too much for them. Have this, you're with us or against us. More tyrannical rhetoric, totalitarianism over there as well. All you gotta do is hit the first segment again, read the, or read the article. I'll put I'll put the footnotes in there for sure. It's just a total shame. QE Bono who benefits the globalists. They don't give a damn about them or any of us. It's time for us, every single one of us around the world, to give them the big middle finger. Tell them nothing but they're useless pieces of garbage, and put them in the cage and see how tough they really are. In the ring. That's how I see it. All right. So I'm going to do one more here.
And um, I think we are changed too for sharing this particular article. I'm going to decide to do Rare, R-A-R, foundation.com. Survivors of communism warn Canadians have to comply. Take back your freedom. This is exclusive. And uh, by Amy Mech, M-E-K. As it reads here, in Poland, we know you're our enemy. We, know, we knew that communism means lack of freedom. We're the people have to do what they are told to do. In Canada, they pretend to be your friends. During a protest on June 4, 2022, on Parliament Hill in Ottawa for freedom against totalitarian measures being implemented using COVID as an excuse, three Polish survivors of communism shared their experiences and fears for Canada in an exclusive, rare, R-A-I-R Foundation USA interview. Three refugees... Banza, Teresa, and Banza, who escaped from behind the curtain, warned that Canada is rapidly descending into the same authoritarian rule they escaped. However, in some ways, the women explained that Canada is already worse. In Poland, the government never pretended to be other than communists, so it was easy to resist the measures because the people knew they were oppressed. And um, there's some previous interviews on here, too. Banza, whom rare explains why she came for the protest today. By the virtue of having been born in a communist country, I, I was always protesting, she says. Under communism, you're suppressed by the government and politicians. You can't travel or speak your mind, and anything you do is censored. Therefore, you have to be a fighter. She is both Demo She's seen both democratic countries and communist countries and feels qualified to tell Canadians, wake up, if we don't fight now, things will end badly. Bozana was arrested twice at the age of 15 and 17 because she helped her father in activism with solidarity to any communist protest movement in Poland with things like distributing flyers. As a result, she experienced police brutality. Her ribs were broken for her efforts. She was therefore horrified at the brutality of the police crackdown on the Freedom Convoy protests after Trudeau invoked the Emergency Act. Police arrested Bonzana and Gatineau, Quebec, across the Ottawa River from Ottawa, Ontario, and part of the North Capital Region for not wearing a mask, who has amassed $3,000 in tickets for not doing so. She also had $6,255 in tickets for not revealing her private medical status after returning from Poland. For Bazena, attending the Freedoms Rally is her way of communicating with people. She carries with her copies of the Canadian Bill of Rights. Balzana is not alone among Canadians in thinking that the Bill of Rights is a better document than a much-touted Canadian Charter of Rights and Freedoms. I like that. Unfortunately, the Bill of Rights enacted by Parliament in, the 1960, in 1960 under the Conservative government of John Daffenbacher is an ordinary federal statute, not a constitutional statute, and resides outside the Constitution. The Charters, Rights, and Freedoms, which replaced the British North American Act and came into effect in 1982, is part of the Canada's Constitution and the supreme law of the land. Since Bozana knows what communism is and many Canadians don't, she has made it her mission to share her knowledge and experience. Attending rallies is her way of fighting. She promotes Zoom meetings with Stand for Thee. Led by the three musketeers, Amanda, Rebecca, and Jane, who show people how to take on enforcers of oppressive government mandates. 
See the following video from Stan for D that explains how Canadians can successfully sue and who to sue over the loss of rights. So the link should all be in there, folks. So check it out. Canada moves toward communism. Rare asked the women as people who live behind the Iron Curtain what they have noticed in terms of the changes in Canada that are becoming more and more similar to communism. Teresa is the first to answer wearing a white scarf adorned with red maple leaves. We are not allowed to speak the truth and we are not allowed to travel freely. She first explains, if you don't, if you disagree with a policeman or an authority figure, you are always on the wrong side. Police and authority abuse their positions, but they are supposed to be there to serve us, not to jail or hurt us for no good reason. Teresa agrees with Rare that we becoming much less democratic and much more like a communist country. She remembers coming to Canada at the time of solidarity. She had her two children at the time and hoped that they would come for freedom, as she said. Teresa is very, very disappointed that they believe what this government is telling them and have no clue about what's really going on. The oldest of her six grandchildren is 23, and unfortunately, she doesn't, also doesn't understand. When Teresa told her daughter, listen, I'm telling you the truth, because when I went through it, I know what is happening here, her daughter replied. You don't believe the government because you grew up in a communist country. But Teresa sees the similarity between this government and the communist Polish government she left. Now that Canada is her country, she's very disappointed with what is happening here. Rare asked the other Banzena too, what changes have recently occurred in Canada that make her think Canada is moving toward communism. What is happening in Canada is unacceptable, she says. We don't have the right to work. We are forced to have taken unneeded vaccinations, and there is too much coercion toward humanity. She believes that Klaus Schwab, the chairman of the World Economic Forum, is telling Trudeau what to do. She thinks things are even worse here than they were in Poland under communism because although they couldn't travel, they were able to express their opinions to a certain extent. As Banzea too, Banzena too struggles to share her thoughts in English, her friend Banzena jumps in. Banzena thinks Poles in the 1970s and 80s were freer with those of the decades immediately after the war, and Canadians now, because of despite the restrictions, they didn't give a crap what the government told them. As communism became unacceptable to them, they became street smart. Teresa interrupts to say that she had a different experience. She and her two little children waited for four years to come to Canada. Her husband was already there, but the Polish government held her back because he had left without permission. Although she already had a Canadian visa, it kept saying no to her application for a passport. After four years, they finally let her go. This, that was our freedom at that time, she said. But the worst for Teresa here right now is that injection this is my body and I should be, be free to decide what to put in it, exclaims Teresa. If I disagree with what they want to inject into my body, it is my right to choose. If someone wants to have it, it's their choice. Waking people up, following up on what she had earlier, she said, had and said earlier, Rara asked Bonzena, whether she thought the Polish people felt freer to reject communism because they knew their government was communist and called it a communist. 
While in Canada, most people don't realize that what is happening is communism, so they support the government. But Zana, but Zana replies that her very first impression when she came to Canada was that Canadians think politicians, doctors, policemen, and lawyers are gods. People believe in that, she gets smacked upside the head. I'm sorry, I just get in. Ugh, drives me crazy. I do it to people in the United States too. Don't worry about it. Smack them upside their head. Out of love, that is, to be exact. Whereas in Poland, all those people who are just equal to her, we have to just ch we have to change this way of thinking, she says, because politicians, lawyers, judges, and others in positions of power are here to serve us. They are public servants. The Polish people, Bozena says, have always been fighters because they've always been suppressed. She thinks Canadians are, in a sense, spoiled because they never really suffered. But since there was never a war here, she can't blame them. Blame them. She thinks the policy of multiculturalism keeps people from questioning the changes they see. But many of them are starting to wake up a process that was greatly helped by the truckers. Many people saw with their, saw with their own eyes the disconnect between what the press was saying and what was actually happening on Parliament Hill. It was beautiful. Bozena had never experienced so much unconditional love as during the three weeks of truckers. Bozena was involved with the activities during the Freedom Convoy event. She found accommodation for 77 people and she and her associates collected almost $4,000 that they gave to the truckers in Valentine's, Valentine's envelope. Bozena's excitement at recalling the events is palpable. This was beautiful, she reiterates. She then states her agreement with Teresa about forced injections, calling her body her temple. In Canada right now, Bazena says the government is giving people this and that, giving free this and free that. There is no effing free thing in this life, she asserts. You have to pay a price one way or another. She's right. Please wake up, people, she urges. See, says she, she says she pays almost $130 monthly for free health care system. See, so remember, it's not free health care, it is a tab for it. But they are doing, what they are doing is like those parasites, slowly taking our freedom away. Starting with Pierre Elliott Trudeau and continuing with his son. Follow the herd, just another cow, right? Ten years ago, Bazena says she was telling Canadians to wake up because something was happening in this country. Then in 2016, when Trudeau started signing things over to the Chinese international corporations, it was so obvious. But people here believe the government to the point that they will fight for it and die for it. Teresa says she hopes someone will listen and understand where the three of them are coming from. Peace, love, and unity, says Bazena. Thank you and God bless all. Know your enemy. In an addendum to the interview with Teresa alone, she discusses the inability of Canadians to resist a communist government in contrast to the Polish people during the Solidarity Movement. It's very important, Teresa said, that in Poland we knew our enemy. We knew that communism means lack of freedom where people have to do what they are told to do. However, in Canada, they pretend to be your friends. I'll take care of you and they give you a couple of nice stabbing in the back, right? They inject such a terrible thing into your body in the name of your freedom. This is worse than communism because at least we knew that the government was our enemy. 
Rohr points out that the Polish communists were honest about being communists, whereas they pretend to be democratic in Canada. Theresa says that Poland didn't have communism before the Second World War. She happened to have older parents. Her mother was born in 1917, toward the end of the First World War. So she knew what freedom is, hadn't experienced it between the wars and shared it firsthand with her daughter. So even though Teresa was born in the 50s and grew up under communism, she knew exactly what freedom was and always wanted it. That's why she chose Canada as a second country, as a free country. And she is very disappointed to see what's happening with that her children who grew up here do not understand. They have no clue what's going on, she says. Teresa returns to the theme of forced injections. Many of her friends have had issues such as strokes and heart problems after having the vaccine. No one told them about the potential side effects. Safe and effective interjects. Rare. Teresa mentions the Easter celebration at her church. All parishioners who got vaccinated got sick after Easter, but those who, like herself, were not vaccinated did not. She expresses the hope that someone will learn something from it. And we can only hope that those guys who grew up in Canada and the U.S. and take our freedom for granted will learn something from people, such as these three Polish women who, who know a vow, who know a thing or two about communism by virtue of having experienced it. And that we fight to take back the freedoms being stolen from us in broad daylight right under our noses, under the guise of health and safety. Wow. I gotta say, I'm glad I brought that up. It is essential because, I know it's a long read, but what's essential about it, we have these duties in, the, in these United States. We, got, we always have natural rights rather than constitutional. And politicians from both sides of the party, no matter what party, they like to use that. And, there, and I remember I had one person who was running for Congress. I had to let her know natural rights. Don't use constitutional. And I say that out of love because, hey, we've all been programmed one with the other or got swindled. What's happening in Canada is purely unacceptable. And Justin Trudeau and his lackeys need to be charged for treason or sedition. If they have seditious, sedition laws up there, I don't know. And um, if they have to give them life in prison or the death penalty through due process, so be it. I got to say one thing about Justin Trudeau. He's nothing more than a globalist scumbag. I'll say it right to his, right to his family. I'm sorry. I don't like being insulted either. And people talk about, oh, I'm, uh, we should be like Canada. So you know what? You move up there right now. All you folks in, these, in, these, in the U.S. should go up to Canada right now and tell, tell it to the people in Canada, I want to live here because I'm scared of my, my country. I'm not safe. They'll laugh at you. People, Canadian people are waking up too. I give them homage for that. A little rebellion now and then is good, my friends. doesn't matter where you're at. We all got natural rights. Even the people in Canada have that. I recommend every province that's against Trudeau tell them to stick it. We're not going to force it here. Yeah, I support, I, I, I support an anti-commandeering doctrine. Tell them, give him the big middle finger and the, to the Federation, to all the 
ingrateful her conformists that want to worship Trudeau. He is nothing than a parasite, a psychic vampire. He, sound, he, act, he, he speaks like a mama's boy. The reason why I said this, folks, I see right through these individuals for a very long time. I met at Rolling Stone magazine trying to hype them up. It was, I'm, you know what, I never even touched that magazine, nor give it to my worst enemy. Trying to groom him up. They did the same thing, Time magazine did the same thing to Adolf Hitler in the 1930s. They even reported the same thing with Vladimir Lenin. All right? Don't believe the hype. Pay attention and never trust the government, regardless where you're at. The fact is this, folks. Government in Latin means control of the mind. Prove me wrong if you dare. I would love to hear your intake. All right, that'll be it. I thank everyone for listening. Plus, feel free to download and share us throughout your social media networks. If you have any questions, comments, or something that's interesting, or check out whatever you do, please make a response in the corner. Furthermore, I'll leave the footnotes of this episode on my, my page. So um, if you want to contact me, go to LokiLuckNumbers03 at ProtonMail.com. Donate, go to PayPal.me or Cash.app forward slash LokiLuckNumber3. If you want to support Mises, Rare, and Zero Hedge, do it. Pretty cool stuff, but always observe responsibly. Once again, thank you for your time. Plus, always remember that the maniac resistance is healthy for the soul and can liberate humanity. Until next time, take care of yourselves. Keep on spreading the love, and may your guardian spirits be with you.